you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leaving up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor, let's go! Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better, Raheem Palmer. Ra, what's up? And life is good. Into the NBA season, a couple of weeks into the playoffs, so I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite times of the year. NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson also with us. Brandon, how you doing? Well, enjoying a lot of March Madness, ready for the last two weeks of the NBA season. It is a good time of year. I love March. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on those NBA draft props and looking to see if I can get Chet at a tasty number after already betting Jabari at 10 to 1. His number has dropped, but yeah. that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today is the big picture. Each week on the big picture, On Tuesdays and Fridays, we break down the biggest stories in the NBA and tell you what the betting outcomes that you need to know from those are. And we begin, as always, with tip-off. Everything that you hear about today in the Action Network Buckets podcast can be found in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets are coming in. You can follow Raheem and Brandon's picks in there as well, as well as all my MVP futures as we are loading up before the end of the regular season. Lots of stuff. I had an article on NBA bet this week. You can check it out. NBA.com slash NBA bet about a little straw poll, a little mini straw poll that I did. Uh, the big straw poll comes out from ESPN this week. And when that happens, uh, I think that there's going to be a market correction. And we'll talk more about that on Friday's episode. But today we're going to start with tip off and go around the league. Let's start right here. The Miami Heat are in an absolute tailspin after losing to the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid and James Harden, the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry and Draymond Green and like the rest of the Warriors, and then losing to the New York Knicks and then losing to the Brooklyn Nets. Things are getting real dicey for the Miami Heat right now. There's questions about is Jimmy Butler once again wearing out his welcome? There's questions about the team's offense that we've had all season. The entire team seems to be in a funk. I've seen teams come out of these mid-March bad stretches. The Oklahoma City Thunder had a really bad one in 2016 and made the conference finals. But I don't know if this Heat team has that kind of talent. So Raheem Palmer, I will ask you, if we're assuming that Miami is on the way out, What's the best way for us to bet against Miami right now from a market perspective? I'm looking at fading them in the postseason. Right now, they're in the second seed. 
and they could drop to as low as the fourth seed, maybe even the fifth seed. I don't think they're going to drop past Chicago, but they do have the division locked up. I mean, look, this is a team that really can't score. This team is just 15th in offense rating in the half court. So, and it, right now it appears that their defense is actually slipping. They had a ton of injuries this year. And I think you've had guys like Matt Struess play above their level. And I think, you know, eventually water meets his level. So I'm going to be fading them in the postseason. Here's the thing. I think the easiest way to like bet against them right now is to bet on a team, but there's not a team that you feel great about in the Eastern Conference all of a sudden because the Sixers have been spotty. The Boston Celtics, who we're going to talk about in a second, just had a major injury. You've got the Milwaukee Bucks, who have been, quite honestly, a little bit shaky. Just like not, they look great in some spots and not so great in others. The Brooklyn Nets are still going to have to get out of the play-in and lost in Kyrie Irving's debut to the Charlotte Hornets. Like the Eastern Conference is not looking like the group of power teams that we once thought they were. So trying to find this spot, I do think it's going to be interesting to see where Miami is at when the first round series comes and the second round series comes. Finding the right spot against Miami, I think, is going to be a trick. Let's talk about Boston. So the Celtics take over the number one spot in the East after trampling the Minnesota Timberwolves, after basically demolishing the entire Northwest division. They roll through Denver, Utah, and Minnesota in the span of a week. Just an absolute just trucking of that entire division. And they looked well on their way to being considered the title favorite, quite honestly, with how they've been playing. In a four-way tie, if the Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Boston Celtics, and Milwaukee Bucks were to end up in a four-way tie, regardless of what happens from here on out, the Boston Celtics would win that tiebreaker. They're in a great position to snag the number one seed. Everything is going their way. And then on Monday, the news comes down that Robert Williams has suffered a torn lateral meniscus. So that may, means that one of their two defensive player of the year candidates is out for the foreseeable future. It's going to be at least six weeks. That's probably into the second round at the very earliest. If they do not opt for surgery, it is not great to lose him at this point in the season. That's a pretty crucial blow. So I'm going to ask you both. The Celtics are without Robert Williams. The Heat are in a free fall. The Bucks have been inconsistent. Uh, and the Sixers, we know the deal with the Sixers in terms of their reliance on uh, entities that have had some postseason trouble. So I'll ask you, Brandon, if you're looking at the, at the Eastern Conference, what seed do you think is the strongest? Like, what's the spot that if you're looking for a, a Eastern Conference title bet, you want a team in this spot? Because the Brooklyn Nets for as much as I've doubted them throughout the year, are still looming likely in either the seventh or eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. You're right. And I think that's why, to me, the sweet spot is the three seed in the East. So here's why. Three seed first round. Who are you playing in the first round? You're getting the team that just made it just above the play-in race. Right now, that looks like probably the Bulls, the Cavs, or the Raptors. Not, not a rollover. But definitely compared to your other options, you don't mind that so much. At the three seed, you know you're guaranteed, almost certainly, you're not facing the Nets. The Nets are not getting out of the play-in. So you're going to get one of those other non-Nets teams. In the first round, you're going to be a heavy favorite. Second round is going to be tough. But right now, you're probably avoiding Boston, who looks like they're headed toward the one seed. And you're also avoiding, if you're the one seed or the four seed, you get to play one of those other teams again in the second round too. So you avoid the Nets. 
you do give up as the three seed. You don't get the home game in round two against the two seed. If you go to game seven, you lost that. That's the one negative here. But especially I'm looking here, you know, the Bucks have just been kind of coasting for a while. And I've started kind of having my eye on them as, all right, the offense is really coming together. Brooke Lopez is back. Pat Connaughton is back in the rotation again now. You know, we were worried about the depth on that team, and these guys are back. Milwaukee could just kind of sleepwalk their way to the three seed and be in a really cushy spot heading to the playoffs. I like that. I like that analysis. I think the three seed, I think that's probably on target. Um, I think the only kind of exception might be if you wind up in the three six versus the Raptors. That just, I, they're going to wear you out. Like they may not win, but you're going to, if you're going to be annoyed the entire first round, you're going to find yourself and you're going to be like, what, how are we down in game six? Like how, how are we like, we've had 15 point leads in all these games. How are we down in the fourth quarter of game six? It's just going to be really obnoxious trying to play um, the, the Toronto Raptors. If they wind up as the sixth seed, it might be the Cavs, which I think is a little bit easier. Raheem, I want to ask you this. Let's take out the Nets because we talked about them at length and we'll talk about them more. Milwaukee Bucks right now at DraftKings, plus 300. Celtics are plus 425. The Sixers are plus 450. And the Miami Heat are plus 500. Which of those teams, factoring in the Robert Williams injury, do you think has the best value to win the East right now? And before the Robert Williams injury, I would have told you the Boston Celtics. Um, but I think it's, it's clearly the Milwaukee Bucks right now pretty much coasted to one of the best records in the NBA. I mean, they're 46 and 28 and they're just a half game behind the number one C. And the way I like to look at these, these things is that who would be the favorite in every playoff series. So if you ask me, the bucks are the favorite against anybody, like everybody, whether you have home court or not. And I think the only team they wouldn't have been favorites against would be the Boston Celtics on the road. If they have Robert Williams, you have to take the bucks here. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm 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 with you on that. I still kind of look. I, I do kind of wonder what the Heat. Is this like a great buy low spot? Right? Like, okay, sure. Jimmy's an ass. That's pretty obvious. There's still a group of professionals, and they're still going to have switchability and good coaching, and they have shooting with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero has been missing for a lot of these losses, and he's a big part of their offense. And they're still going to have like PJ Tucker and Kyle. Lett. Like they've got big game players all over the place. There's this part of me that really wants to just be like, look, we, if you're going to buy low, you're not buying into a good situation, right? You're buying, yeah. you're buying low for a reason. And maybe, you know, for much of the year I was buying sun stock because they were just undervalued in the market. We're too late in the year for that. If you're taking tickets now, I kind of wonder if Miami might be pretty good value, but at three to one, I still am kind of with you. I, th I think the Milwaukee Bucks are still too long, especially like the, the Warriors are plus three thirty to win the Western conference with all of their nonsense and everything that's gone on with them. While the Bucks are plus 300 behind plus two fifty. the Nets in the goddamn ninth seed are still currently the Eastern conference favorite. Why? I I'm never going to get over how crazy the season is. It's just wild that that's where we're at. Uh, in that. All right. Um, Brandon, you got a thought on the heat? Yeah. So my problem with buying low on the heat is I feel like we're not buying low enough yet, low enough on their season maybe, but I don't think the odds are quite reflecting the low of what we're seeing yet. Like to me, Miami, how we've kind of treated them all season is they're the team. Like you just described the Raptors as that annoying team. That's going to be in it down the fourth quarter in game six 
That's the heat. That's their MO. That's what they just did a few years ago. They're a better version of that, but they never really felt like the one seed. But then we kind of adopted them as the one seed because they have been now for the last month. So the number reflected that. And I don't think it's gone back enough down. If Miami was just this whole time, that pesky four or five seed that like, oh, you know, Jimmy Butler and bam, they're going to give, they'll give Philly trouble. Like, I, great. I'm all for it. They'd be a great underdog. That's what they should have been the whole time. But I think looking at that top four in the East, doesn't it feel like Miami, if any team plays their best, isn't Miami's ceiling lowest of those four teams? We've seen Boston's ceiling. Now that's higher. Yeah. We know Milwaukee's ceiling. That's higher. Philadelphia's ceiling still seems higher. Yeah. I think that's my, nah. I, I think that's my, <laughs> I think that's my thing is like, I'm not counting on the heat to win a beautiful, wonderful, amazing contest. I'm counting on the heat to basically just be standing at the end of the rubble and just everyone be like, how the fuck did the heat get here? Like yeah. just out, you know, those Celtics teams that were yeah. all veterans, right? Like, yeah. and they just like the Celtics never looked good after 2008. Like at no point did the Celtics ever look good and they would just hang like they just yeah. refuse to die. It's Paul Pierce hitting elbow jumpers over and over and over again. Just gritting their way through it. Um, let's go ahead and, and wrap up tip off by going here. Uh, it's that time again for us to check in with Brandon Anderson as the Los Angeles Lakers, who honestly have played better as of late. They have they had one, I thought three of four at one point, and things were looking a little bit better. They blow a 20-point lead to the New Orleans Pelicans and are now just one game up on San Antonio to be out of the play-in tournament. They are resting LeBron James with knee soreness against the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday. At FanDuel right now, both the Lakers and the San Antonio Spurs are minus 135 to be in the play-in. They have even odds to be in the play-in. Brandon Anderson, you have doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down. So I ask you, is there value on the Lakers to make the play-in tournament at <laughs> minus 135? So I'm a hard pass on the minus 135, not because I think they're not going to make it, but I definitely don't see a betting value there. For me with the Lakers, the whole argument has been two things. Number one it really didn't feel like any of these other teams below them were really pushing for the play-in race. It felt like everyone else was kind of wrapping up, you know, heading to one, two, three Cancun. I don't know that any of us really expected a Spurs push at the end of the season to be a story that we were tracking here. Yeah. So to me, it was, I was like, well, they're going to be in the play-in somewhere, eight seed, nine, 10 seed. They'll be somewhere in there. No one else is coming for them. And if Anthony Davis comes back, and it's the play-in, now you have Brow and LeBron, and let's see what happens. None of the rest of this mattered if you knew you were going to be in the play-in anyways and you got the two healthy. Well, turns out it matters because it turns out they actually have to make the play-in against a real team that certainly seems like they're going for it. Now, New Orleans and San Antonio both play Portland twice in the next 10 days. Those are free wins right now. Portland for my money, that's the worst team in the NBA right now. Like that Portland's not winning those games. If, if the Pels and Spurs try at all, which they will, they'll win those games. Here's the Lakers schedule the rest of the season. 
Dallas, Utah, Pelicans, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Thunder, and then Denver. Not a lot of great winnable games in there. You're going to beat the Thunder. Yep. So here's, here's my new conspiracy theory. You ready? LeBron, right now, he's leading the league for scoring. Is at 30.1. 30, Guess how many games LeBron has played this season? 55. 55 games. You need 58 games to qualify <laughs> for a little thing called the scoring <laughs> title. Gentlemen, three games from now, the Lakers play the Pelicans, which is basically a must-win game for them to make the play-in at this point. With the schedule that they have, I think LeBron, he's scored 36 or more the last four games in a row. I think he does that three more games, gets his scoring up nice and hefty, like 30 and a half, 30 point something high, and then maybe rolls his ankle, sprains it up a little bit. And, oh, geez, we were going to make the playoff push, but gosh, LeBron is injured for the last week. Unless, you know, heroically, you need one last game at the end to get that points per game push, depending on how Embiid does between now and then. I think LeBron just needs to get to 58, get his scoring title, and then get out of here. I kind of feel like that's where the season might be heading. We'll have to see. Um, That's all I'm going to spend on the Los Angeles Lakers because (laughs) no other team would warrant this kind of discussion one game out of the playing picture entirely. It'll be interesting to see what their motivation is down the stretch. Let's go to the big picture. And Dinwiddie, ready for his one shiny moment against his former squad. And you know when that goes down, Jacoby, it feels good. And now the Mavs have put themselves in contention in the West to possibly even get out of the first round because they have Luka. For the big picture this week, we're going to zero in on the Southwest division battle, uh, particularly as it relates to two specific teams because the landscape of the playoff race in the Western Conference has shifted considerably over the weekend. Following the Dallas Mavericks win over the Utah Jazz on Sunday and the Golden State Warriors slide as they lost the Hawks over the weekend, the Dallas Mavericks are now in a great position to be able to move up and potentially snag a top three seed. This is absolutely wild given where the Warriors were a month ago. The bar was extremely low, but the Mavericks have tiebreaker over the Warriors and they're just two back in the loss column. Typically at this point in the season, I would be like, well, yeah, but the Warriors aren't going to lose two more games than the Mavericks throughout the course of these like last eight games. But with where the Warriors are at without Steph Curry is absolutely on the table, which the reason this matters, the Memphis Grizzlies can lock up a two seed this week. And if they're able to do so, that's going to put them in line for a two seed and the Mavericks can move into third Here's why this matters. Uh, a couple of months ago, Raheem Palmer said that he was predicting that one of the Dallas Mavericks and Memphis Grizzlies would make the Western Conference in the event that is the two versus the three. Guess what? It's very likely, not for sure, definitely with how things can go, but very likely with the teams in the play-in tournament that one of the Memphis Grizzlies or Dallas Mavericks will be in the Western Conference Finals. And if not... Um, it would be a pretty big upset. And there's a very good chance on top of it that the second round would actually be Grizzlies versus Mavericks with an absolute lock for one of those to go to the Western Conference Finals. Um, It's a pretty baffling outcome from where we started the season. We thought Memphis would be good. One of our wins on this podcast is we were all pretty high on Memphis and we talked about Memphis division odds been a win for us, which honestly, 
has worked out even better because I liked Memphis because I was like, I think Memphis will be pretty good. And I don't think Dallas will be good at all. And instead, Memphis has been awesome and Dallas has been pretty good. Um, I'll start here. The Mavericks, I really still do not fully understand. I did their bet stream on Friday where they looked like garbage versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are basically a heliocentric. They are very 2017 Rockets right now. That's what this team feels like a lot to me. Pretty good defense, some decent role players, and a James Harden type figure in the middle. Brandon, I'll ask you this first. Do you think the Mavericks style, approach, scheme, structure, do you think it translates better to regular season or postseason success? I think definitely it it translates better to regular season. And that's my concern is you compare them to the 2017 Rockets. That is a kinder comparison than the one I'm about to make. They remind me a little bit of a team that was in the playoffs last year, right around the middle of the conference or middle of the playoffs seating. And then just came out and laid a complete egg, a team that had a try hard defense that was maybe a little inflated. We thought because of shooting percentages and a team that was built around one star who kind of did a little too much of everything. That team was the Knicks. I'm not saying the Mavericks are the Knicks or that Luka Doncic is Julius Randle, but isn't the profile here of like all in on one guy offense, a defense that all year long has had the metrics, but not really the underlying metrics. Like we don't really know why is this defense top five? What is happening here? And it turned out with the Knicks, that there were some smoke and mirrors there that we all knew were coming. The format here for the Mavericks is you get to the playoffs, try real hard on defense for three series, and Luka has to win 12 games by himself while the defense just keeps you close enough. That doesn't work. We've seen that not work. I can't get there on the Mavs making a real deep playoff run. I'm sorry, but comparing Luka Doncic to Julius Randle is the craziest, most batshit insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Julius Randle shot 29% from the field in the playoffs last year. Like, this guy absolutely stink. Luka Doncic, like... Doncic. You're killing me. Doncic. I'm sorry. Doncic. The only reason why he's lost the playoff series was because he had to go up against Robo Jordan and Paul George. Like, what are we saying here? Like, he almost single-handedly beat the title favorite of the last two years. Like, you're crazy. This is the 2017 Rockets, except for you actually have a guy whose dream isn't to hit the game-winning free throws to, to win a playoff series. This guy's actually trying to score. I don't know if the, the Mavericks are going to go to the championship. I don't know if they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. But to beat Luka, it's going to be tough. In a seven-game series, we've seen that over the last two years. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. This is not the New York Knicks. This is the Rockets. And I think when you add Spencer Dinwiddie, you basically have their Eric Gordon. Yeah. Like, and I think he's been better. Like, the first half of the year, the Mavericks really struggled to shoot the three. They can actually shoot the three now. So I think they're a tough out for anybody. Yeah. All right, we'll circle back to them in a second. Um, I want to move to the other, to the other side of that uh, consequence, which is, if the Warriors fall into the 4-5, they'll face either the Utah Jazz or the Denver Nuggets, possibly the Minnesota Timberwolves if things get absolutely bonkers, but likely it's going to be Jazz or Nuggets. As of right now, I will say that I will be betting the Nuggets against the win line against the Warriors. 
I will see what the value is on the price about whether or not I bet them to win the series outright. I like that matchup a lot for Denver. I will tell you right now, I'm not expecting Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray back. That's where I'm at right now. It's possible they are being extremely, uh, let's say, they're being coy, which is another word for annoying with the release of information related to those two. As of right now, I'm not expecting either one back. I still think that Jokic and his crew, along with Bones Highland, can pull two games, maybe three off the Warriors. But let's go ahead and advance Golden State to the second round. Okay. Let's say Steph's back. My question for you, Raheem, is this. Um, if the Warriors are four and they got to go through Phoenix and then, is that any different to you than, than Golden State being in the two, three and having to go through the other team and then Phoenix? Like, does that alter the equation for you whatsoever? Because I'm still of the mindset that based on the regular season matchups that we saw and what we've seen from Phoenix throughout this season, which is a total domination, but there are a few things that can cause them problems. I still look at Golden State and I go, if anybody in the West is going to do it, it's going to have to be Golden State. It's either Golden State knocks off Phoenix or it's going to have to be injuries create chaos. Um, So I'll ask you this. Does Golden State moving to four change the value on a Warriors bet for you from the perspective of you don't get another round for someone else to knock out Phoenix. You don't get all like whatever it is. How does Golden State moving to four alter the value on the Warriors in your mind with the caveat that I understand you're not buying the Warriors anyway? Yeah. Um, I think this is a really tough one because so much depends on when Steph Curry is coming back. I do think there is value on getting Phoenix out early, especially because I think that would probably be one of their toughest series. So I think if you knock out Phoenix early and then you, you face another team, it creates that value for the Warriors. But what is Steph Curry at that point? It's, it's really, really tough for me. Um, I think in a matchup against the Grizzlies, if they stayed in a 2-3, I wouldn't want to see the Suns after facing a tough series with the Grizzlies because we know the Grizzlies are kind of a tough matchup for them. They lined up in the three. I can't believe I'm saying this. Brandon, if they wind up in the three, if Golden State winds up in the three, I think I'm betting Memphis. Like I think so, too. I think I'm there, man. I, Memphis, for all my concerns with their half court, they get to play in that chaotic atmosphere versus Golden State. Like They're, they're comfortable. It's crazy to me that there's a team that's actually comfortable versus Golden State's like chaos. But the Grizzlies are definitely it. I mean, a lot of that chaos is the fact that Warriors have the second highest turnover percentage and, yeah. and it fuels that transition offense. Brandon. I think that it does really matter for the Warriors to keep a top three seed. Uh, whether I bet them or not will depend on me seeing Steph on the court looking like himself. And, you know, I said last week, I'm out until I see that because I don't know that we're going to get there again, but here's why it matters to stay a top three seed. You want to give yourself time to get Steph back and really back before he has to play. And by the way, you want to give the Suns time to play two other tough opponents because the Suns have a guy named Chris Paul who has been known to not necessarily make deep playoff runs healthy. So if you get to buy yourself time, like, look, we've seen, what have we seen? One game the entire last two years with Steph, Draymond, and Clay together. They're not going to forget how to play, but. Let's buy them some time. Let's get Steph ramped up if it's going to happen. And you get the three seed. You have a much better first round matchup because you're probably facing Denver or Minnesota, who won't be easy, 
but certainly prefer them to the other options. And you, again, Memphis, not an easy opponent. I understand. We've talked about Memphis. Golden State. It's a, it's a tough matchup for them. I'll play Memphis any day over Phoenix, if that's my second round option. For sure. So put Phoenix off as long as you can. You never know. Someone could upset Phoenix. Maybe you don't have to play them at all now. Things can happen. It's sports. I, I want to keep the three seed, keep the path open. If Golden State gets the three seed, I will still consider them. If they fall out of that into the four or five, and now you're looking at probably facing Utah or Dallas in the first round, then Phoenix. Yeah. There's still the wild card of just if it does happen, if the Lakers got healthy, they're in that little section too. Brandon. The three seed is the spot to stay like all the teams that you least are concerned about Minnesota, Denver, most likely, and Memphis of all the options. Those that's the path that you choose. So let's you be clear. The three seed. Let, let's be clear. Let's, let's not be like, Oh, they should definitely want Denver and not the Lakers. Let's at least give Denver and and the no, and the Wolves sure. like you would yeah. rather play the Lakers than those two. That's that's yeah, what the absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Here's here's the big one before we wrap up. Um, Raheem, if it's two three Memphis versus Dallas, what's the better Western Conference value bet right now? The Grizzlies mm-hmm. are plus six fifty to win the Western Conference. The Dallas Mavericks are plus twelve hundred to win the Western conference. You're not going to be in a good hedge spot anyway, because the Suns are going to be massive favorites against either one. But if you're thinking about betting one of those two teams to come out and it's Grizzlies versus Mavericks in a potential two, three, who do you like? I'm taking the Mavericks. I'm treating Luca like, and I don't know if anybody else is doing this, but I'm treating Luca like a better James Hart. He's James Hart who doesn't disappear in the playoffs. I mean, like last season in the playoffs, he averaged 35 points a game or nearly 50% shooting. Go look at the fourth quarters. Go go look at the fourth quarters. My man gets tired. That's that's fair. That is fair. But I mean, when so, you look at the competition in which he played, he played the team that was supposed to be the title favorite. We, we kind of have like a, we have a snake chain here. Okay. So you yeah. got, do we agree that the Warriors can beat the Suns? And my, that was my premise. Yeah, we're, we're totally, gonna, uh, totally in agreement. Okay, so the Warriors can beat the Suns and the Grizzlies can beat the Warriors and the Mavericks can beat the Grizzlies. And I think the Jazz, even after yesterday, because they didn't have Gobert and Donovan got banged up, I still think the Jazz can beat the Mavericks. And I think the Nuggets can beat the Jazz. And then, like, the Suns can beat all of them, right? Like, the so, Suns can, the Suns can just yes. choose all of them. So, Minnesota Timberwolves coming out Minnesota of the Timberwolves, your 2000. The Wolves. That, <laughs> um, yeah. That's what's crazy is if it's, if the Wolves stay in the seven and it's two seven Wolves Grizzlies, I'm going to get real nervous. That's why I don't want to bet Memphis yet. Yeah. I'm, I still want to see that. But, like, this is what's interesting about it is, like, I think there's one team in the West that can beat Phoenix. But I don't know. At this point, I don't know if Golden State's going to get there. And that makes it really interesting. Yeah. So as always, the reason we talk about this stuff, if you're betting futures, don't just be like, well, I really like that team. No, 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 no. Like, look at the board. You, you got to yeah, see what yeah. the path looks like because I do not have faith in Memphis getting past Dallas, right? Yeah, I don't either. I, I kind of want to see Memphis and, and Dallas versus Phoenix. I want to see it. Like, I'm interested in it. Am I, I, do I still think Phoenix wins? Yeah, I, I want to test it at least. I want to see what it looks like because both those teams have had some success versus Phoenix but it's been a couple months and the Phoenix Suns are much better now. So I'll say this. If you ask Raheem, if it's Memphis, Dallas, two, three, who are you taking? If I see Memphis, Dallas, two, three, the team I'm taking is probably a six or seven 
that I think I think that that would open up like that would be the half of the bracket that would open up a path for a possible underdog to make a run that I think the Timberwolves would be alive to at least win a series there. And, you know, if, if Utah really slid, I think Utah could come out of that. The Jazz numbers are there. We know that they can hang with these teams. We haven't even mentioned either. John Morant has that injury. We don't know what version of Morant you're getting. It's not so terrible to play the Grizzlies right away in the playoffs when we don't know what job will be there too. So I think that if, if it stacks where you get the Warriors and Suns on the same half of the bracket, that that could really open, you know, we've said it could open up for the Grizzlies or Mavs, but there are two other teams that would be in there too. And I think there could be value on those. Let's get wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the Action Network app and check out all the great podcasts across the Action Network and check out actionnetwork.com. For Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get Buckets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.